My name is Matt. I'm originally from Ottawa, Canada. My wife, Ema, is from Central Java, Indonesia. And we and our two children, aged six and ten years old, live in Doha, Qatar. Qatar's Ministry of Public Health has said that there are now 238 new confirmed cases of coronavirus there. The infections were confirmed in foreign workers who live in one residential complex and who had been quarantined as a precautionary measure. Qatar now has a total of 262 cases of the virus. Like everywhere else, Things have changed dramatically here in the past several weeks. Qatar was probably one of the first countries to take real measures against the pandemic, even before it was a pandemic, and before there were known cases here. As long ago as early February, events were being cancelled indefinitely. At the time, I saw this as an inconvenience and was not convinced that it was entirely necessary. Projects into which I and my students had put weeks and months of effort were simply not being rescheduled, which was frustrating. Now I realize that this may have been a bit selfish on my part, and I'm relieved that the government of Qatar had a little bit more foresight than I did. On the 9th of March, at 20 minutes after 1 p.m., the Ministry of Education announced that all school buildings would be closed, effective the following day. With 40 minutes left in our school day, this left us with precious little time to prepare. The students, of course, were jubilant upon hearing the announcement, but I warned them to be careful what they wish for. Three and a half weeks later, most of them now understand what I meant. As I try to adapt to learning new ways of teaching online, and many of them struggle to learn the way they used to, I'm getting messages from several students saying that they miss our lessons, they miss coming to school, and they miss socializing. It's been a steep learning curve for me using the new tools, changing how we communicate, and for all of us adapting to a different level of interaction. But in many cases, it's also been a valuable new learning opportunity. In addition to the challenges that that has posed, we now have our own children at home trying to learn online and that's also been a new experience. My wife, who used to teach dance to children for 12 years, commented the other day that she used to think teaching children was easy until she had to deal with supporting our six-year-old daughter in her reading, writing, and numeracy at home. We both agree that surely she's a better student when she's at school. And that shows that it's hard on them as well. Staff meetings and all other meetings are now done online, as are most things. And life in Qatar changes a little bit each day. Shortly after the school closures, the National Library and all museums closed. Public transportation was shut down, as were dining areas and restaurants. And even malls, the lifeblood of Middle Eastern society, are now off-limits, apart from essential services. Nevertheless, we thought we'd been coping pretty well. Our collective commute times had dwindled to nothing, and the weather was still delightful. Our kids still played in our communal garden with neighbors' children, and parents would meet outside in the evenings to socialize and debrief. Suddenly, last Thursday, the authorities put a stop to that, and social gatherings of any kind were outlawed, and punishable by fine or even imprisonment. Qatar is an authoritarian state, and laws are sometimes strict 
and can appear seemingly unreasonable. However, the Emir, Sheikh Tamim bin Hamad al-Tani, is widely popular. And as a result of these things, people tend to do what they're told. Subsequently, a country of barely 3 million people, which three weeks ago had 238 new cases of COVID-19 in a single day, now usually has less than a dozen per day. This is not to say that authoritarianism is either a necessary nor a sufficient remedy for slowing a pandemic, but an optimist would surely suggest that Qatar is largely out of the woods. Only three weeks ago, this country had the sixth highest infection rate per capita in the world, and now it appears, as exponential curves go, it might be one of the first to see real signs of recovery. And while it has been trying at times and difficult to explain to the children, the sense of gratitude is not lost on any of us, especially not the children. I'm not terribly worried about becoming unwell. But I do worry about what the world might look like in the months and years that will follow this moment in history. Will we think differently about open borders, about large gatherings, and about how we interact in general? Conversely, though, the past few weeks have held countless examples of human generosity and our collective capacity to cooperate and act responsibly for the sake of one another. You know, along with human ingenuity, these are traits that will allow us to overcome this obstacle, and certainly others in the future.